Hello and welcome to this episode of Careers in Your Ears, a podcast for PhDs and research staff at King's College London. I'm Kate Murray and I'm one of the careers consultants that works with researchers at King's. Today I'm at the Department for Business, Environment and the Industrial Strategy in the heart of Westminster. I'm talking with Dr Alessandro Dibona, who works as an EU Exit Policy Advisor. Welcome Alessandro. Thank you very much. So first of all, Alessandro, can you just give me uh, the two minute overview of your PhD, please? Yes, of course. So, uh, well, I'll start with the title. So the title of the PhD was uh, Aerospace is Politics with Wings on it, Exploring the Role and Political Function of Trade Associations in the UK Aerospace Industry. <laughs> so the purpose of this research was to explore the political role of a specific form of orga- organization in a highly politicized context such as the UK Aerospace Industry. <laughs> Specifically, the research focused on developing knowledge on the determinants of national and regional sectorial trade associations' political role and political strategy, and also on how these organizations exert influence to shape the political and regulatory environment. Business and government relations and corporate political activities, which are those activities that organizations undertake to interact and influence politicians or policymakers, are extremely sensitive topics, and political behaviors are often covered in nature. It is common, hence, that organizations' uh, political activities are not open to investigations and analysis and cap in confidentiality within organizational walls. This is why I mainly collected data through uh, in-depth interviews with senior firm and trade association representatives, as well as with industry experts, and I then corroborated this information and regulated it with a range of documentary sources. The findings of my research suggest that to understand what determines trade associations' political role, it is necessary to acknowledge broad institutional characteristics, for example, how policy is developed, where it is developed, for example, at regional or at national level, as well as organizational attributes, for example, the size and structure of the trade association, or even who is leading and in charge of that trade association, as that has an impact on how the organization will develop its political strategies and interact with uh, policymakers. So did you have connections with policymakers when you were doing your PhD? Well, I mainly focused on interviewing uh, business representatives. So Mm -hmm. it was mainly, as I said, uh, trade association, uh, firm representatives and industry experts, as Mm -hmm. opposed to actually interviewing policymakers. Okay, thank you. So what's your favourite memory from your PhD? I think that my favorite memory was engaging with uh, industry stakeholders, uh, so either through my interviews uh, with them or also when attending uh, industry forums, events and and trade fairs, because during my PhD I actually really immersed myself in in industry to capture as much information uh, as I could, so I, I, for example, I became a member of the Royal Aeronautical Society just to abreast of, of what was uh, was coming from the industry. I attended various uh, air shows such as the Farnborough mm-hmm. International Air Show that was one of the most I think memorable experiences uh, during my PhD and also presented my research at, at uh, uh, forums, uh, aerospace forums such as Aero Days uh, 2015 here in London. I think other fantastic uh, memories relate to the anecdotes that uh, came from uh, these people that were actually engaging uh, with uh, with government and with policymakers and just hearing about 
how uh, they managed to, for example, uh, how their trade association managed to engage with uh, a particular uh, politician before another trade association <laughs> and all, yeah. all the activities that they did. To, uh, to okay, that, yeah. great, thank you. So uh, what did you do after your PhD? Um, how, how employable were you feeling? Well, uh, fortunately, I started applying for jobs uh, during my PhD mm -hmm. and uh, managed to get this job even before I had my, my, my Viva. Oh. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I was, was quite lucky in that uh, respect. Uh, it was an incredib incredibly difficult period because I was, uh, particularly at the end, I was applying for jobs whilst finishing the write-up mm. of, of my thesis and preparing, uh, and preparing for the Viva. Uh, I remember I was interviewed uh, for this job just before I submitted the, the, the final version of, of, of the thesis. Uh, it was a matter of, uh, in terms of your second question of how employable I was feeling, it was a matter of, of picking uh, those, I think, key transferable skills mm -hmm. that PhD students actually uh, gain during their PhD, even if they're not that aware of. So, for example, uh, some of the skills that I had managed to develop during uh, the PhD were, for example, analysis and problem-solving skills. So, the ability to comprehend large amounts of information and being able to digest them and 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 communicate them then to uh, different uh, audiences. Interpersonal and leadership skills, I think, were particularly important. So, engaging with a wide range of stakeholders and the ability of fostering strong relationships. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, interviewing uh, these different uh, stakeholders so at different levels, so even at CEO level, enabled me to gain that, that, that confidence of really engaging with, with, uh, with a broad range of stakeholders. But then I also think uh, PhD students gain strong project management and organizational skills. Obviously, you have to uh, work on a, on a very long project, on a three, four year project. Mm -hmm. So I think the ability of, of managing projects or projects from beginning to the end, uh, being able to identify goals and tasks uh, that have to be accomplished uh, within realistic timelines, and also uh, maintaining that flexibility in, 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 in the face of changing circumstances. So I think this will be quite common uh, amongst PhD students, but uh, the title of, for just an example, the title of my PhD changed four or five times wow. yes, yeah, dur yeah. during the, the, the PhD yeah. as many other aspects, so the methodology, the analysis. So I think having that flexibility will then, uh, will then be transferred into, into other, other jobs. And then finally, I think that my written and, and communication skills, I think those are, are key skills that are, have, have given me the confidence of, of, you know, of actually feeling employable. So uh, the ability to organize and communicate ideas effectively in oral presentations to a wide range of audiences, uh, using logical arguments to persuade others, or uh, even um, writing, um, for example, writing for non-academic audiences. So I, during my PhD, uh, on the side of actually writing my actual PhD, but I also uh, wrote for, for blogs or for newsletters, so which were aimed at non-academic uh, mm. audience, so that I think helped me mm. feel more employable. Yeah, well, you clearly reflected a, a lot on on those um, transferable skills. That's that's really useful to hear. Just talk to us a little bit about that time when you were writing your thesis, submitting your thesis, preparing for the Viva, and uh, making the job application for this role and being interviewed. What what was that time like for you? It was incredibly stressful. Yeah, I, yeah. Yes, it was incredibly uh, 
stressful. It was just a matter of uh, working on different uh, on different what we could call projects at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, very different uh, projects because obviously I'd been working for two and a half years on a very specific and narrow subject. I was now having to broaden my even 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 my knowledge so uh, even to be prepared for the interview so keeping abreast of what were the, the policies that the department was working on for example mm -hmm. uh, what the specific role entailed uh, so it was really uh, I think it was really hard but I think motivating at, at yeah. the same time because yeah. obviously uh, I had the the, the goal in sight mm -hmm. so I really wanted to to, to, to get the job and 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 uh, I think that's what really helped me to to work on on different things at the same time. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So um, obviously uh, you work here for the Department for Business, Environment and the Industrial Strategy. Can you tell us what you do now? So I'm a policy, as you correctly mentioned, I'm a policy advisor here at the department. I work in the UXIT Business Intelligence and Engagement team. and. Just in a line, basically, what I do is is engage with stakeholders to to gather intelligence, and help these business case stakeholders prepare for EU exit and and related issues. Okay, <laughs> and what does that actually involve day to day? Who are you talking with? How, what does your day look like? Well, uh, fortunately, standard days as such do not exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, and that is what I think what I what I enjoy most of of. of working here and working for, for the department such a, a key historical period. Uh, my work is very dependent on, on the political environment, on what happens uh, outside and uh, thus is, is, is extremely fluid. But I would say that I spend most days engaging with, with both internal and external stakeholders. So internal stakeholders might be uh, other teams in, in the department, so policy teams or, or sector, uh, sector teams. But also, uh, I spend a lot of time gathering and analyzing intelligence, uh, which comes from the business community. And I think my my PhD, uh, the, the the time I spent working on the PhD, really helped me to 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 develop those those research and and analytical mm -hmm. skills, which I now uh, currently use for my for my job. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, obviously, the subject matter of your PhD doesn't necessarily directly relate to, to what your job is. Can you talk to us about what that's like to have had to have picked up a different set of knowledge? We've talked about the transferable skills, but how have you kind of learned the different knowledge, as it were? Well, I think, uh, again, I think it goes back to, to the ability of, of, I think, mostly of PhD students of really uh, being able to uh, read and go through uh, a lot of information in a mm -hmm. very limited uh, amount of time, I think that's that's a skill that I developed during my PhD, and which is uh, has helped has directly helped me mm -hmm. in, in in my my new role and preparing for my new role, and I think that's a skill that I, I will keep uh, developing uh, in my career. Um, again, I think. Also, in terms of of, of anal uh, analyzing and and you know those those problem solving skills, I think that again during the PhD, I think those are, are extremely uh, necessary and and helpful in in my my current job. And again, what I, how I'm, I mentioned earlier, the communication relation skills, yeah. I think those are extremely valuable. Yeah. And do you find because uh, I know there's a couple of other people with PhDs in the department? Do people notice that you have a PhD here? Well, that's actually interesting. When I started uh, working here, I I didn't have 
doctor or PhD ah. in my in my digital signature. Okay. And then I was told off by uh, someone more senior than me uh, who has a PhD who said, no, you really want to have that oh. on, on your digital signature. Yeah. Uh, so I felt I was... Uh, I didn't want to put it in my digital signature because I felt I was maybe boasting a bit mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. look at me, I have a PhD. Whereas, uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's a matter of not showing off, but it's really a matter of showing people what you went through, what, you, what, your, mm -hmm. what your history is. I think a PhD really identifies uh, the person mm -hmm. and, and really enables you even to, 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 to promote yourself again. I've, I've had people contact me now after I've inserted that, uh, that, uh, that uh, the doctor in front of my, of, my, of my name saying, oh, you have a PhD, I have a PhD as well. Why don't we have a chat? Mm -hmm. Why don't we have a coffee? So that's yeah. uh, definitely, yes, definitely yeah. enabled me also to, to meet new people here at the department. Mm. Very good, thank you. Um, and then finally, um, have you got any tips for people doing PhDs now in terms of encouraging them to think about their future? Well, uh, the first thing I would say is really think about what you want to do as early as possible. Uh, as early as possible and uh, even if it does three, four years seem a long time, uh, I can assure you that time does fly <laughs> and you want to start preparing early. Uh, we did talk about the those transferable transferable skills so really trying to to pick them up whilst you go maybe keeping a note and really uh, being able to 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 flesh them out and being able to to, to promote yourself uh, through those uh, transferable skills uh, don't being scared to engage with with a wide variety of different people uh, I knew I I didn't well had more than a vague idea of, of of not wanting to stay within academia so I really used those uh, relations I had with industry stakeholders to really uh, broaden my, my, my networking, really uh, get people, get to know people, get to know what people, what industry was asking for. So really uh, being able to tailor what I was doing in, in the during the PhD with what was the ask from, from industry. So mm -hmm. I think that that's quite an important tip. But uh, again, this might be quite obvious, but I think really prepare once you've uh, identified where you would like to be in, in one or two years, really prepare for that. Engage with your career consultants uh, at university, get them to, to, to check your CV, to check your cover letter, to, to go through your, your application. And also what really helped me was uh, having a mock interview uh, just a week before I started uh, here at the department. And that really helped me uh, apply for this job and actually get the job. So I think Again, as a, as a closing point, really be confident. You are gaining uh, tra uh, transferable skills. Uh, PhD students uh, gain uh, skills such as resilience, independence, flexibility, responsibility. So really uh, believe in yourself, be confident and best of luck. <laughs> oh, that is, thank you so much. That's such fantastic advice. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, so. Thanks to Alessandro uh, for your time for talking to us and join us next time uh, for the next Careers in Your Ears where we will be exploring another career issue with a special guest. Thank you.